This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Now, Eno, I want you to think about that statement right there. Right? It's summertime, and you know what happens in summertime? You run out of beer all the time, and buddies come over and all these watching games, or you're out at the pool in the back. When you constantly have it delivered to your house, you never run out. So field work will make sure you never run out and have to do that, oh, man, i got to go to the liquor store real quick, or i got to go to the grocery store real quick. It's called being proactive during the summer. Oh, yeah, and they've got, uh, right now, they've got a, a rice and easy Japanese rice lager going, radios and rodeos, uh, hills and valleys. These are all pilsners and lagers, perfect for the summer. Uh, and, yeah, it's lovely when it just shows up at your door and you don't have to do any work. A Japanese rice, you, you know, I, I, I've been to Japan twice. I love Japan. What is Japanese rice beer? Uh, you know, rice is used in American lagers and some of the big ones, but um, the most famous Japanese uh, rice beer is called Hitachino. Uh, Hitachino white white rice beer. It's a it's really big over in Japan, and this is this one's sort of uh, modeled after that. This is why we bring them on the show. You guys think we bring them on the show to talk baseball? We we <laughs> learn more than just baseball with the great Eno Saris from the Athletic. We learn more than just baseball. All right, speaking of baseball. You know, we're getting to that time of the year where you, we everybody has had their scouts all over the country watching high school players, watching college players at all level from D1 all the way to community college. They're starting to put their boards together. Before you know it, we're going to be at All-Star Weekend. You're going to have the draft going on. We got the College World Series starting today. We've got the Combine coming up in Arizona. And the one thing that scouts and teams want to see is they want to see how hard do you hit the baseball. Yeah, and, you know, even at the major league level, I just wrote a piece for The Athletic about how uh, if you're hitting the ball right now but not in the air, so barrels are this are really great stat. They, t- they talk about how hard you hit the ball and in the air, and they're very predictive for power. But, in fact, if you're hitting the ball hard and not in the air, uh, you can have a, a better second half. Uh, it, it can predict uh, the second half better. So, in fact, just hitting the ball hard is maybe the most important thing. In fact, the Rays were just in town, and they don't really care as much about barrels. They don't lead the league in barrels every year, but they do lead the league in hitting the ball hard. And what you see is sometimes those guys lift the ball. Yandy Diaz is starting to lift the ball more this year, Randy Rosarena. And so you hit the ball hard, and sometimes you lift it, it ends up being the best combination, I think. So, yeah, these kids are coming to the draft combine next week. And, uh, you know, there's a really interesting piece by J.J. Cooper that just came out, too, that 
Um, you know, I've been watching these these games. Uh, I've been at, I've been at Stanford for for the Super Regionals and stuff. And um, apparently, you know, when you go to a game here and you've got a bat or uh, you know sticky stuff or any of this stuff that you know anything that gets on the field in a major league te- in, for a major league team has been inspected. You know what I mean? It has to have been. It has to come from a bat manufacturer that's approved. Victus. You know, all this, you know, Maricino, like, has to be an approved major league thing. So they've really tested everything that comes that ends up on the field. Now they're testing your fingers to see how sticky they are. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, they really test it. But in, They're going to be you know, testing I've, your underwear soon, you know. You better watch out. Yeah, what's the that's down there? <laughs> uh, and uh, and the, uh, the, uh, the sticky stuff, uh, I mean, the, uh, the situation in college was totally different where um, – you know, we were at uh, we were at Sunken Diamond, and like I don't see any NCAA officials walking around in the dugouts, making sure that those bats are are you know official bats. No or, way. Are we are we do we got juice bats again in college baseball? It's happened before, and it's happening again. Yes, JJ it Cooper has. just wrote that there's no time like now in terms of sneaking a, a, a an altered bat into a college game. Oh my God! And altered so, bats. What, Altered bats, and you know, for what it's worth, the sticky stuff enforcement is not the same in the in the college either. So uh, scouts are trying to figure out, you know, if those guys that, with the high spin rates and the high exit velocities, if they got there through any illegitimate means, because you don't want to draft that guy and then he shows up in your organization and it's all from the sticky stuff or it's all from the weird bat. So that's why we have things like the Cape Cod League, where they have to play with wooden bats. Uh, you know, that's a big adjustment for a lot of college kids. And I and I would argue it's part of why we have something like the uh, the draft combine that's coming up next week, because I think you can either inspect all the bats or you can give them bats or you can make them hit with wooden bats. You know, I don't know exactly what the the deal is, but if it's run by baseball, it'll be a little bit more clamped down in terms of you're not going to get that rolled. They used to roll them. I don't even know what that means, but it, you know, used to roll the bat and somehow that would uh, that would make better outcomes. Well, rolling the bat in your world is a whole different than aluminum, <laughs> and, but we won't go there. Uh, yeah, I, you, you know, something that never really gets brought up either is there was a time where you had a lot of amateur baseball players using performance-enhancing drugs. And guys were drafted, and guys were drafted really high, and they flamed out in the minor leagues. No one's really talked about it. But whether it was college guys, it was Testing even like an NCAA. Do they have the same amount of rigorous testing in the no, NCAA? No, especially – think about high school. There was high school kids that were on it. I mean, you would hear that, well, that kid was on it and that kid. So it's like – I can't imagine any high schools are testing. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's – yeah, there, there's nefarious stuff going on in amateur baseball, and it's – it's tough when you're making these decisions because the higher you're drafted, the amount of guaranteed money for the signing bonus. I mean, it's scary. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, sometimes I don't love these events because, um, you know, what happens is you create data, and now all of a sudden Major League Baseball owns this data and owns, you know, clips of you and, and video, and, like, there's all this sort of, like, data ownership, that, you know, that becomes a, an issue. But I also understand it because you want to put all the players on the, on the same platform. You want to put them in the same place and you want to measure them the same way. You know, that's going to be 
inevitably, inevitably measurement is a big part of drafting. You know, that's why they have the draft combine in the NFL. Everybody has to go there and jump and run and, and do it at the same time and do it in the same situation. You know what's so interesting to me about, obviously you want to hit the ball hard. You want to throw the ball harder. You want to hit the ball harder. Doesn't matter what sport you're in. You want it to do everything. You want to make sure velocity you're is a part of it. as fast as you can be. Yeah, you throw it as hard as you can. But yeah. yet, night after night after night, I keep preaching on the postgame show, just put the ball in play and look at all the crazy things that hey, you saw in yesterday's game. You see it all over. All you got to do is watch quick, quick pitch every single night, the highlight show on MLB Network. Just put the ball in play wins games. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I struggle with that. I mean, but there are players like Nick Madrigal over in, in Chicago that, you know, put the ball in play at an elite rate, but there's no force behind it. And so the, you know, pitchers just sort of overpower them almost, you know, like you have to have a little bit, like even Luis Arias has some power, you know. He oh, he the drives ball. the ball in the gap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's there's a minimum amount of power that you do have to reach. And so you, I wouldn't preach to say, you know, a high school or a young kid not to hit the ball hard. You know, they have to hit the ball hard to get to the big leagues. But once you get to the big leagues, there is a negative correlation between bat speed and whiffs. So if you are trying to hit the ball harder and you are trying for bat speed, you know, there is a, a, a trade-off there between, you know, trying to hit the ball harder and whiffing. So there's like a certain base level of, of hitting the ball hard and bat speed that you have to have to get to the big leagues. But then, you know, then it becomes a coaching thing of, ooh, do I want to go more for power because I'm a Kyle Schwarber or do I want to go more for contact because I'm a Nico Horner? You know what I mean? And in fact, I think this is super relevant for Asturi Ruiz right now because he's been a different player over different parts of his career. And he's been a power hitter. He's been a, a speedster. I think that, you know, maybe for him, focusing on contact is the way to go. He has the minimum amount of power, but if he took a page out of Ariza's book and then just ran around the base pass, I think that might be the best version of himself. Well, and you start, you know, the one thing that we do know, I mean, the, the, the kid can hit. It's just going to mm -hmm. be how does he consistently get on base, especially if he goes into a little bit of a slump. But once he gets on base, he's absolutely electric. Let's talk about some A's players because, you know, we're kind of getting close to the halfway point, and here Ryan Noda is leading the American League. If you qualify with that bats, he's leading the American League in on-base percentage. He's defensively, he's good. He can run for his size. He's starting to hit more, starting for hit a little more power. But his patience at the plate, he's got a very mature eye. We're almost halfway in. This is not like there's now enough of bats to know that, okay, this is starting to be legit. Give me what your take on what you've seen with Ryan Noda. I love his elite eye at the plate. In terms of chasing balls outside of the strike zone, he's in the top 25 in the big leagues. Um, so yeah. that means that, you know, 20% walk rate that he's sporting right now is really legit. And that's going to lead to better outcomes even when you're hitting because when you hit the ball in the zone, your slugging percentage is like 450. If you hit it outside the zone, it's like 250. So here's a guy that knows that, takes that to heart. He has some swing and miss in his game. He's not, you know, he's not defensively better than, you know, a first baseman. But I think the on-base percentage is legit. I, I, in fact, think there might be more power in that bat. 14% barrel rate. He's hit the ball 114 miles an hour. Anytime you hit the ball over 110 miles an hour, you start to join the elite uh, power hitters in the game. Yeah, and I don't want to jinx anything. I don't have any wood around me, but I know we talked about, oh, Rooker could be the all-star. Then Ruiz could be the all-star. And I've been sitting back the whole time going, there's no doubt the best player on the A's this year has been Ryan Noda. I, to me, there's no question about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Rooker, Rooker has a lot of the same things going for him. Uh, he's a similar player, uh, you know, a little bit more defensive versatility, uh, not as much uh, of an elite eye as, uh, as Noda. I mean, I think both of them are, are, are good. And I think that, you know, the A's have done, I mean, they, it's been a hard year and it's, and it hasn't been that much fun in, in a lot of yeah. times, but uh, uh, in terms of what you're supposed to do when you're in this situation is you're just supposed to, you know, find guys. And I think they've found guys in Blade, Rooker, Noda, you know, Ruiz. I think these are legitimate uh, major leaguers. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the pressure is on them now to, to find more guys on the infield, I think. Just overall, right, because before I went on vacation, we were talking still historic baseball, like 1962 Mets, the 1890-whatever Cleveland Spiders, all that has kind of gone away with the winning streak. Just since Memorial Day, they're playing way better baseball. What have you seen with the A's? Yeah, I mean, I think this, this lineup is coming together, but, you know, the wins have been because the lineup, which has been, you know, producing all right, has been met by the, the pitching. Um, and you get you, some of that's from Paul Blackburn getting healthy, uh, and some of that's from sorting through some of the options in the bullpen. I think Trevor May. Uh, who saved uh, the game on, on Tuesday uh, was uh, has been a big part of this too. He's a legit uh, back end guy. So they're starting to, to like I said, find guys that that, that fit the roles, and uh, and that's why they went on the winning streak. And the trading deadline. I know right now all executives from the presidents or VPs of baseball operations down to the assistant GMs. Everybody's starting to talk right now. And one of the interesting teams is the team that's in town. Here comes Philly, 110 of 12, looking to get two games over 500. I mean, we saw this last year. They have the confidence, even though they got out to a bad start. Uh, can't count the Phillies out, they're back. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, uh, you know, you know what they need to, to really get going. I think it's uh, maybe some back-end starting pitching um, or maybe just a little bit more um, – you know, help in the bullpen. But in fact, I, I don't know that there's a trade for the Phillies that needs to happen. I think it's just sort of meshing the guys they've got. Harper, you know, still hasn't hit his stride, but I think he's going to do it. And Aaron Nola has, has shown flashes. Those guys play to the back of their baseball cards. I think that's all they need to do. Uh, but in terms of, you know, uh, what they need to do to improve at the deadline, I don't. it's not immediately obvious to me. All right, so let's just start look at it. Look, I mean, because I'm trying to tell people there's way more buyers than sellers, way more. I mean, uh -huh. everybody in the East is going to be a buyer. I think about in the Central, you got the Tigers and you got Kansas City of the play or the White. White Sox might be the one team you can go get guys, obviously, from the bullpen. Uh, but they have to decide, but that's a big decision for them because if they decide to sell. That's a long period of time that that front office has been together and uh, another rebuilding process does not portend well for their jobs. And so, you know, they're going to want to hold on as long as possible because that might that might mean throwing in the towel on their own jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Ken Kenny Williams, of course, went to Stanford, played baseball and football. He's from Oakland. Kenny Williams has been there for a long time. And it's 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 you know it hasn't been rife with postseason wins. And to 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 ask for when you start rebuilding, we start selling off like that. A lot of times you're asking for five years. If you're asking for five years and you've been given five ten years, then you know the owner at some point says what gives. Maybe what they can do is just uh, sell anybody who's not under contract for next year, 
and just say, you know, we'll just we'll, we're retooling for next year. And in that case, I think they have a lot of good relievers that people could uh, that people could use. And then I think of like Kansas City. I think of like Washington. Really young teams. They're, I mean, they're. What do they really have to give that, or they're not giving away any of these young guys they're rebuilding with? So I mean, what, I mean, what do they really I mean, have to give? That's a problem here. I'm looking at the the A's, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. roster, and in terms of like who's who's a free agent uh, next year that that might uh, you know get some interest on the market. I think Trevor May, if he you know continues to pitch well, is somebody. But other than that, everybody else is super young and on a on a. Uh, on a, on, a, on a real cheap deal. So I guess uh, Ramon Lagano getting going uh, could, could improve his trade value. But that happens also when you look at uh, a team like the Nationals. Um, you know, I don't think that there's an obvious veteran there that they could, uh, they, they could send going. I mean, Heimer Candelario, if you need a little bit of help on the corner infield or, uh, you know, Carl Edwards Jr. in the bullpen. But, uh, yeah, a lot of those teams, the ones that are obvious sellers, don't have a, a lot that the, the contenders really will want. Flying back from Hawaii, I was watching the Mets and the Yankees on the plane. It was uh, DeGrom against Cole. And I just looking at it, and you know I love to play. I, Ver, I, Verlander Cole, yeah. Verlander Cole, I love to. I love to press the panic button. I, I'm. I, I mean, if I'm the Mets, I'm looking at some of these teams now. The Phillies, high payroll team, they're back in this. At what point the Mets, the Padres? We've talked a lot about it, but now where we are, almost at the halfway point, being under 500 with all the money you've spent. Like at what point? And you know there's not a whole lot out there to trade for. When are you pressing the panic button? I mean, I think the Mets could really benefit from some relievers. And so, you know, those those will change hands of the deadlines, and, and they'll do that. And they're, you know, with the extra wild card, I think they can, they're telling themselves, we're still in it, we're still in it, we're still in it. So, you know, I think that's the story that's happening. Also, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not a big believer that changing uh, managers in the middle of the season is really going to change uh, that much for the course of your your team over the. And then you're not going to change the front office in in the midseason. So a lot of these teams are just like, eh, we'll just add some stuff to the bullpen and and hope that our stars play better. I mean, what else can you do? Yeah, it's a tough situation. I was just thinking when you said Trevor May, like. We, we've we've been known to do business with the Mets. Uh, you think? And Trevor May was just pitching there. You, yeah, you think a Trevor May reunion is going to float people's boat in New yeah, York? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that won't that won't move the Yankees off the back page. But you know, the Yankees have some troubles of their own with yeah. the starting outfield of Billy McKinney and Willie Calhoun and uh, uh, I forget who the third yeah, one. Yeah, who's the other guy that they they've called up, uh, Cody from the Yankees? He's he's actually played really well. Uh, McKinney. Who'd you guys say was McKinney? And it's not McKinney. Not Waters or what's his name? Well, McKinney's playing for. The I team. know McKinney, but there's another guy who they've called up who's playing really well. I don't have him in front. Of oh, it's French. Uh, are you're not thinking of uh, the kid from Texas, Cal- Calhoun? No, not Calhoun. Um, Willie Calhoun. Had, no, Willie Cal- no. Jake Bowers. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was watching the I game think, on I the think plane, all and three I'm going. Of them have been at waiver claims this year. Yeah, I mean they were and, and and they were talking about on the national broadcast what they had to do to get these guys on the forty man. I mean, obviously they had to play well to get them on the forty man. But yeah, if you're the Yankees and you're now sitting here at like thirty nine and thirty, you're starting. I mean, everybody 
you know, no longer, you know, Rays were just in town. We saw it. They're the first team to 50 wins, 50 wins in 72 games. They're just the seventh team to do that. Yeah, you and, can't call it a hot start anymore. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, if, you, if you're the seventh team to do something in the wild card era, that means something. And now all of a sudden, it's like we're not talking about, oh, they haven't played anybody yet. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're these teams, if you are Boston, if you are Toronto, if you are New York, expanded playoffs are great, but you got to be worried, right? Yeah, I wonder if we'll get a surprise seller out of the AL East. Uh, somebody like Boston selling something that you didn't expect because they've got, they don't only, not only do they have to get back in the wildcard race, but they have to beat a lot of teams in their own division. And those are the best teams in baseball, pretty much. And so, you know, you're going to have to win a lot of games against the Blue Jays, Yankees, Orioles, and Rays. It's not just uh, winning a lot of games to get back into, into the competition. So wouldn't be surprised if, if the Red Sox, uh, you know, thought that uh, by selling they put themselves in a better position for next year. Do the Red Sox still have the highest average per ticket per game? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the, the stadium can float you when the team isn't. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, it's really hard when you're charging the prices that, and right right now Boston's 34 and 35, but they're 14 and a half games back. Once again, the extra wild card, you still got a shot, but how crazy will that be? And, I mean, Heim Bloom, can he really be a seller? Could they really be a seller? Uh, you know, it's just going to be a great AL wild card. I would say that right now uh, we've got – seven teams that are legitimately in the mix uh for the wild, for the three wild card spots in the al it's a little bit it's a little bit tighter in the nl but seven teams that are all i would say good teams that deserve to be in the postseason uh and that's not counting even the guardians so you know that's it's going to be a real tough hauling i i just would say at the very least you won't be won't don't be surprised if the red sox and blue jays and mariners don't add anything big you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today on the show, I don't know if we're going to – we're taping this, by the way, because Eno is a busy man. You can't you can't pin him down live, right? you got to get into the Phillies clubhouse today, right? i got to go find Sam Fold, former A. The great Sam Fold, who we recently had on uh, down at the winter meetings. What a great guy he is. Uh, we are going to talk about today, because I've made some contacts with my guys that worked in the NFL – to where in the NFL, everything's uniformed. Everything you use, every tablet is the same, all the technology, everything is uniform. Baseball, that's not the case, but it sounds like baseball wants to start going more the way of the NFL. When we start talking about how many jobs do you have, what kind of technology do you use, when I want to talk about jobs for front office, what do you think about MLB trying to maybe rein some teams back in for what they're doing with technology in their front offices? Well, obviously, I'm biased towards uh, data and technology. It's kind of my beat. So uh, I find it a little upsetting. And, you know, honestly, I think it's just part of a, a long time effort by the league to tamp down spending. Uh, you know, every sort of new rule that has to do with roster and staffing has to do with tamping down spending. You know, the draft is about tamping down spending. The international bonus slots tamping down spending. This is this goes right into that. I, you know, I read the story, and baseball seems to be saying that they just want to um, talk to the vendors uh, that teams work with, like Kinetrax and these other ones. It's what and the NFL does. 
and maybe have some sort of uh, group group discount sort of deal where it's like this is how much you can spend and these are these are approved vendors. And, you know, this you know, is what it. the NFL the NFL tells everybody: don't use it until we do a deal with them. Then once what you do a deal with them, every basically they're trying to copy what the NFL does. It seems to work in the NFL. Does the NFL really limit how many people you can have in the front office? They eliminate all your technology and everything that you can use. Okay, but that's a little bit. So the the part that I'm just I don't think is true or is going to happen is that they start telling teams what they can do in the front office. I'm not. I'll, I'll check into that, possible. but I, I you don't have teams that have endless amount. You don't have. It's pretty much everything's pretty uniform. But I will check on actual employment. I'll have that for the next show. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Some of the it is more regimented in the NFL, but uh, you know, also the NFL is a cap system. And it's it's a little bit different, you know. So baseball is, you know, there's some element of the free market in baseball, but uh, that seems to be going away. <laughs> yeah, well, because I can tell you right now, you've got a lot of teams, I know this for a fact, that pay for data that, you know, we all want to think it's like the Yankees and they have their own front office group. A lot of teams are paying these companies oh. outside for data. Yeah, no, there's even uh, there's even a company called like Zealous that'll basically replace your analytics department, just be your analytics department. So they'll just do, yes, the data, but they'll also do the analysis of it and give it and give you sort of pre-made analysis. Do you so, know how much teams are paying for that? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, mid six figures. Now, to us, layman, wow, that's a lot of money. To a baseball team, to get all that kind of data, that's not a if lot they, of money. If they give you one reliever, you know, if you find one reliever on the cheap and you get that reliever for a million and he plays up to $6 million, then you've made that value. We give bad draft picks $6 million. Yeah. So, so. It, it is what it is. Well, buddy, great stuff. It's good to be back. It's good to see you. And, uh... I know you're interested in the Phillies being in town because we don't get to see them a lot, but I got a feeling they're gonna they're gonna be around when this is all said and done. So this is gonna be a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to see you know how if they're coming together and 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 how you know Harper needs hasn't gotten hot yet, so oh, he hasn't had a home run in 18 games. Uh, update us quickly. How did the season end with your son in baseball? They made it to the second game of, you know, they do double elimination. So they beat the, the champions, but then they lost in the second game. But uh, so they made it to the very end. They, they, they played as far as they could and they did as great as they could. And I was really proud of them. But, uh, yeah, they lost their last game to the champions. What happened to Spider Tack? What did you have them doing? Um, any, what, what were they doing? Rolling their bats. <laughs> Sticking their fingers in the spider tag, anything we could to win. Were they no, no, we didn't do any of that. Corking <laughs> their metal bats? What did we do? <laughs> you know, the one thing, the innovation that I did bring, yeah. uh, I, I tried to throw them as much short box as possible. You know, that's when the, you know what short box is. It's when the pitcher, the pitching coach, you know, uh, comes up close to you and throws batting practice from like, you know, 20 feet or 30 feet. Oh, and that's because I thought it was good for them to see the arm action, to find the release point, and to have to react quickly. I was the king of that years ago when I used to be an instructor at the Las Vegas School of Baseball. We used to go down there at the winter. I'd be so hungover. I'd be <laughs> on a bucket, and at this little L screen, I'd be like X amount of feet just trying to hit these kids' bats like this. Yeah. Just going, oh, my God, can I have I, another Gatorade? I, I, I did hit a couple kids, but I, I had to apologize. <laughs> All right, play the man is close.
The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.